Hey, thanks for coming. Welcome to the Love Shack. Hey, welcome to the Love Shack. It's a little place where we get to get together and explore some fresh perspectives, eavesdrop on juicy conversations, and discover the things that really matter while having a little bit of fun along the way. This is episode number 80, The Truth About Being a Family Man in Today's World. This is a conversation that is near and dear to my heart and I feel like is long overdue. Absolutely. It can be hard to be a father and a lover in today's world. And you want you want to be there for your family and your partner, but it seems like work and other obligations always get in the way because you're trying to be the very best provider you, you can be. Very often you feel guilty that you're not able to spend more time with your kids and your partner, and you worry about how the lack of time is impacting your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Today, we have a wonderful author, who wrote the book Dad on Purpose, Tim Dunn. He's joining us on the Love Shack today, and he's here to explore with us what it's like to be a family man in today's world. And together, we're going to discuss the challenges and difficulties that men face while trying to connect with the ones that they love the most and talk about the many struggles and secrets that men wish they could share with others. I'm essentially going to be asking some questions as the female voice here of the men in the room. And we want to hear from you. Uh, In our society, we talk a lot about um, feminism right now. We talk about a lot of support around helping women become financially financially viable and how to marry the the work life and the kid life. And and there's a tremendous amount of support and conversation that's going on there and not too many conversations in support of the male role. And oftentimes that voice gets very much discounted. It's almost like there's been a, a flip, as I see in our society in the last two decades, where, you know, the, the woman's voice used to be kind of down on the down low, and now it's kind of changing. And the men's voice I see very much in my practice is kind of on the down low. So today we're going to have this conversation. I would, so I would just ask men, are you feeling alone and misunderstood most of the time? If so, like Stacy shared, this episode is specifically for you. Yeah. And if women, you've ever wanted to know what men struggle with and why it is that they do some of the things that they do when to you, it seems so obvious what they should be doing. Well, then this is a great episode for you. Stay with us as we open up a new level of communication and give you some answers that are sure to improve your understanding of men overall. We'll be right back. I met Stacy and Tom about two years ago. I was at a point in my relationship where I was ready to file for divorce. Not that I wanted to, but I just felt hopeless and helpless. I'd been through other counseling and coaching and didn't find any success. With Stacy and Tom's methods, I was able to eliminate insecurities, set boundaries, plant my flag, eliminate rabbit holing. I was separated from my wife for a year and I have since moved back home uh, for the last six months now. I still refer back to a lot of the teaching that Stacy and Tom provided and it's helped me. It's well worth it. Learn the simple three-step system to rescue your struggling relationship by registering for Stacy's brand new free workshop. Reserve your seat by going to stacybartley.com slash workshop. Hi, I'm Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, and I want to encourage you to write your book. Weekly, I offer topics about style and storytelling. I take your questions on our live show every Thursday at 4 o'clock 
or you can subscribe to Story U, that's capital U, on any of your favorite platforms. Hey, babe, did you know that the average couple spends only two hours a day with each other? And the majority of that time is spent eating, watching TV, and surfing social media rather than connecting with each other. And if children are involved, my gosh, it's even less time than that. I know, babe. That's why you created our conversation cards for connection, because they're the perfect conversation starter. So the next time you're sitting on the couch, rather than turning on the TV or grabbing your phone, pull out a card and get ready for some good old-fashioned laughter and love and connection. Yeah, you can get your cards at stacybartley.com. Giving local voice is a chance to shine alternative talk 1150 welcome back inside the love shack we are tom and stacy bartley if you're new to the show thank you so much along with our engineer extraordinaire eric Ryder, at the helm of our spaceship kknw up in seattle we're going to jump right into the heart of the matter over the last two decades or so society has changed the expectations for men it's overdue to talk about why men often struggle to connect with their families the common narrative currently is some kind of a version. All of these things wrapped in one, provide a nice lifestyle for our family, be emotionally available and be the Don Juan lover and rock of my world and rock of your world. So that is a very tall order. Mm-hmm. Allow me to introduce you to Tim Dunn, author of Dad on Purpose. He is a father of boys and girls, twins and singles and toddlers and teenagers Tim has learned humility and tenacity from a wide variety of parenting missteps. Working as an insurance executive for the last 25 years, he has also coached his kids, traveled with his family, and dadding, which I love that. I think that's so great. He understands firsthand the importance of balance in being a husband and a father to his family. He's the founder of dadathon.com, a community dedicated to helping fathers achieve balance and strength across all aspects of fatherhood. And as you maybe heard me say in the intro, I could not be more thrilled that people are stepping up to give men the support that they deserve and need in this changing world. Tim, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you here. Thanks so much, Stacey and Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. We've got to ask the question right out of the gate of what it is behind the story of you that led you to writing your book and creating this community. So there has to be something within you that inspired this and brought this to light. We'd love to hear that as we get started in our conversation. Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it really, it really is simple. I just, uh, just to, uh, to back up, it's, I realized in the introduction, uh, when I hear it, it sounds like I have like 14 kids, but I, I have four kids. Um, it just so happens we've got a, a single, then boy, girl, twins, and then a, a little guy. So we've got two boys, two girls, two twins. Um, so it's a good sampler platter, but, uh, and we've got an 18 year old, two 16 year olds and a 13 year old, but at various times we've had you know, three kids under three, and then now we're kind of entering, well, we have three kids in college pretty soon. So, um, but the uh, the basic idea was a, a number of years ago, I wanted to get into shape and I wanted to, uh, I, I was running for a while and um, I, that was tough on my knees. So I thought I would try a triathlon and I'd never done one before. And I trained for it and it was a short little baby pipsqueak triathlon, but I'd never done anything before like that. And there's just different muscle groups of like swimming and biking and running and and they're so different, but you need to have balanced strength across both of them. And it dawned on me as I was thinking of that as a metaphor for, for my life, you know, just being a husband and a father and being someone who wants to provide for my family, but also connect with them. And then also leave, lead a, a life that's fulfilling and worthy of itself. Similar to the triathlon, it, it felt like just different muscle groups. Um, and I didn't feel like I was really all that spectacular at any of them. And I thought it was worth 
pursuing that. And so that's kind of where that came from. And then as, as, as uh, COVID gave us all a little bit more time to reflect um, and sort of perspective on life, uh, I started pursuing that for my own reasons. And, uh, and that just developed into a project that I thought maybe, geez, if I'm struggling with some of those things, um, maybe some other folks are too. And I wanted to put together a list of things. A lot of, I think, men and a lot of people, but, you know, men and dads is kind of my experience, want better, but just to really have a sense for what specifically do, do I do? You know, what are the options that I can do today or tomorrow or this week to connect better or to provide more effectively or to live a better life? And so that was kind of the genesis of where it came from. And that's where uh, Dad Apollon, um, there's an L in there because it's uh, it's like triathlon, except with dad instead of try. So those are the three muscle groups of dadness, uh, connecting, providing and living. And uh, and that's where sort of that brand of Dad Apollon comes from. So. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to your book. I've read it. And I just want our listeners to know that in your book, you cover those three things, connecting, providing, and living with health, joy, and wisdom. And so it, it gives us this place where we get to jump in and we get to talk about, I see in my practice, you know, and the reason why I've been so excited about this conversation is that, as I said in the intro, there's a tremendous amount of support for women, you know, as they're trying to find their voices and they're stepping into the workplace, and they're wanting equal rights. And those are all really good things. And in that conversation, also because of the work that I do, it's important for us to be mindful that in that conversation, we also don't minimize the men, because it's going to be very easy for us in the world in which we live in of contrast and polarity to have those roles flip to where now the man's voice is being minimized and being labeled more commonly a narcissist or a control freak, right? <laughs> and they're the problem now as the women are finding their voice and rising. And it's very indicative to what you just said about the triathlon. There is a place where we all can have our place of strength and our place of contribution in, and we don't need to do it at the sacrifice of one or the other. And really, that's the opportunity that I think I'm so excited about in regards to where we are as a, as a community, as a society now, is as we give voices, it's a place for us to find balance in that. So I wanted to bring this conversation to light to our listeners because it's a very important conversation to bring these conversations about what it's like to be a man in today's world. And the narrative is very much flipped even in my lifetime about what that looks like, what that's supposed to be, what that entails. And there is more and more pressure on both sides to say, okay, how are we going to do this thing? How are we going to co-create, right? And what are the pros and cons of each? And we all have our expectations and assumptions that we bring to the table around this conversation. And so as these are unfolding, I would love to hear how you as men are interpreting this and what you do with it. And I, I think it's going to be a wonderful conversation. So, you know, without further ado, what is it that's most difficult about this triad for each of you personally, right? In the, the connecting, providing, and living aspect. And I would say living is more of, you know, you enjoying your own life, right? Because there's so much contribution that goes out to family and lovers and, and a community. And, and um, so I think that's an important piece. And I just want to give a shout out to him. I love that you threw that in there. So again, what is it that you find the most difficult in that triad as you, as personal, as personally, you know, what, what is it you personally find difficult in this triad? Go ahead, Tim. I'll let you okay, go. Sure, first. Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I think the hardest thing I think for me is, is balance um, yeah. and, and achieving, you know, cause it's, it's, I think there's, 
a lot of guys are really good at one, maybe one, maybe one and a half or two of those things. Like, oh, I'm providing. I mean, I work 80 hours a week and I, I all that kind of do. I, my job is the provider. And therefore, maybe I'm not as connected with my kids as I should be. Or maybe I'm not very healthy. I don't have time to take care of myself. I'm too busy trying to pay for college and working 80 hours a week. But when you back up with perspective, maybe just to widen the aperture a little bit, I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, uh, sort of thought experiments that I think is useful is to look back on your life, look you know from the perspective of you as an 85 year old man. You know how would that person uh, grade how you're living today? You know, sort of that sort of Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol sort of a thing. Yeah. And I think it's easy in the moment to be like, I got the mortgage, I got this, but but I think that balance is the hardest thing. And I think this the sort of corollary to that related to the voice that you were talking about there, Stacy. I think men don't talk about things as, as readily or as comfortably as women do. And so there's a, I think there's a flavor of isolation um, that they just, they go, they sit, they, they work, they put the blinders on, they stay in their lane, they do their work. And it reminds me, I don't know how, how recent it is because you go back and you listen to uh, you read Thoreau, you know, most men lead lives of quiet desperation, which is a line by Thoreau that really resonates with me. And as I've talked with some of my buddies, it's one that's resonated with them as well. And I think just kind of, Shaking the shackles off of that and being like, it's okay to connect with people, with, with your buddies, with your wife, with certainly with your kids. Um, I think balancing for me, if I had to summarize it in one word, that's the trickiest part. Um, I don't know, Tom, if you would, if you would agree with that or what are your thoughts? Absolutely. That was the word I had. Honest to God, that wasn't, I didn't know you would say that, you know? So yeah, <laughs> balance. And as we know, that's a verb, just like other things, you know, uh, yeah. it's, and yes, um, I've been self-employed my whole life. So only be, I think that just adds another level of, of challenge to the balance, if you will. Not that, you know, not that working for an employer is easier or harder, but uh, I would say absolutely, Tim, uh, you, you know, I could not agree more. And then, yes, I don't, it doesn't seem to be, Stacey and I were blessed and grateful to, to spend five and a half weeks in Italy right before the pandemic at the end of 2019. And my point in sharing that is, is we saw, I've never seen so many men our age and older in every single piazza that we went to in the evening, there was as many of our age of men and older sharing, sitting on a bench, park bench, talking to each other. I, I, yeah. I, I turned to states and say, you never see that in the States. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't. And gosh, what a, you know, that, that's, that, that's sad because I think that's you've knitted out, you know, we, where does one go as, as a male to just to, sh- just to share, just to yeah. share. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something sort of culturally unmanly about sort of just letting that, like the pressure builds in the, in the tank and it builds and builds. And the most important thing have some kind of valve to let that pressure out before the tank explodes. And I think men, at least in the U.S., or at least sort of in my experience, don't seem to be very good about that. Whether it's social and fun, like yeah, you go, you know, golfing, fishing with your buddies, and that's that's a flavor of that, which is good. But yeah. you know, sharing some of that, or or talking to someone about that, or being open with your wife or with your children, you know, um, about what you're struggling with or your mistakes, and and I think there's something just uh, culturally sort of unmanly about about doing that, and I, I don't think it is. I think on the contrary, it takes quite a bit of um, confidence and grit in not that those are unique to men, but I just mean the things that are traditionally thought of as being manly. I think it takes a lot of courage to be open and vulnerable and let that, let that pressure out. Um, 
and I think that's also better healthy, better for your health physically and emotionally um, mm. as well. I 100% agree. I see it in our couples where um, usually the wife is coming in with a long list of complaints and the man's sitting there going, oh, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure how to handle this. I'm very uncomfortable. And the minute we can normalize the conversation and say, everybody has a contribution here and everybody has a voice that deserves to be heard, right? And and we start the conversation with what's working for you and not working for you. And we let each person talk and reflect that voice. There's a place where, oh, I'm so glad I can set this down, right? I'm so glad that this is a safe place where I can let this go. And it's not a conversation about, you know, pointing out all my flaws and all my missteps and all the places that I can't emotionally connect. And a lot of us don't realize the history of where it is we have traversed through in our relationships, male and female. Historically, right, males have been programmed and taught and actually conditioned to not be connected to their emotions. Um, years ago, thousands of years ago, it was necessary for war, right? Boys were pulled from their mothers at six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, and they were conditioned to be warriors, to protect the, the tribes, to protect the community, and mothers were left behind to protect their children. And this conversation continues to get handed down again and again and again to where ideology and all of our marketing and our pictures, et cetera, are men being strong and protecting us as women and children and providing for us as women and children. And yet men, we fail to remember, are just as emotional and have the capacity to be just as emotional as women. It's just that's not a side of us that we develop or that they've been given the avenue to develop. And now we're in a time where we get to, you know, we're banging on them, be emotional, tell me how you feel. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to go there. And women, if you ever want to know what that feels like, just try on a man saying to you, Hey, baby, do that pole dance and swing around and do that sexy thing for us because we are generally very uncomfortable in our bodies. And the emotional experience of that is the same right? Men are very ill-equipped Ill and don't have a lot of practice in regards to talking about their emotions. And women, we have a tough time talking about their physicality and accepting our bodies and what they are and what they can do and that place of sensuality. And there's a cross-pollination that happens there, right? Where we can understand the other because everybody's going, oh gosh, I got to work late. I got to pick up the kids. Oh, and <laughs> and and it's about expanding our capacity to step into some of those emotional conversations that I think is critically important. And not only that, whose time has come. So I want to ask both of you in this regard, is it still difficult? Is it still something that you find a resistance in when somebody says, just tell me how you feel about this, Tim? Like, just tell me how you feel about this, Tom. Can you go there more easily now that you've practiced? I, I, I think, I guess I have two ways of answering that. One is, when it comes to emotions or emotions or stresses that I'm struggling with, um, I feel, I mean, I'm very fortunate. My wife is fantastic and I up is not strong enough a word to articulate how I'm married. Um, so I, it's, it's, I'm very fortunate in having a partner that can communicate and is supportive of me in that regard. And that's huge, I think. Um, and so when, over the course, we're married almost 25 years come December, and, and uh, we've learned how to kind of communicate that, and that hasn't been a smooth ride. It's, you know, you make mistakes, and I think I've gotten comfortable expressing. I think the first key is being able to express some sort of negative emotion at all or some dissatisfaction or stress, um, and clearly and respectfully in, like, this is how I feel. So, yes, I I think I am growing in how to do that. I'm not probably as, as 
where I should be, you know, but, um, but then the second way I'd answer that is, I think sometimes, I think there are times where men aren't really thinking anything all that mind blowing. You know, I, I, there's a Seinfeld skit where he talks about, you know, women, do you want to know what men are thinking? I'll tell you nothing. We're just walking around, looking around and you know, that overstates it too. But that's not false either. There are times where we're just like, yeah, look, basketball. You know, I mean, so I think when it comes to the real emotions, I think you need to be comfortable expressing those, especially when they're negative or challenging or vulnerable. Um, and it's okay. I think it's okay to not always be thinking something. If the answer is like, ah, no, I'm not thinking anything. I'm just cool. You know, so I'm not sure if that's a good answer, but I think there's two. There's two. I'm not sure, Tom, if you would agree with that assessment as well, or what do you think? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Navigating the silent, complex moments of separation or your partner's need for space can feel like walking through a maze without a map. If this sounds familiar, know that you are not alone. This journey, filled with uncertainties and introspection, requires a gentle, understanding guide. Hey, I'm Brooke from Love Shack Live. We see you, and more importantly, we get it. That's why we created the Separation Support Bundle a collection of resources designed to not just guide you through separation, but to offer comfort and clarity during these times. Our separation guide offers insights and support to help make sense of your emotions and the process of separation. And for those moments when words escape you, our guide on 10 texts to send when navigating space provides thoughtful prompts to help communicate with compassion, plus a soothing separation meditation to help ease the overwhelming moments. Because sometimes all we need is a starting point or a way to start feeling okay again. Remember, you don't have to journey through these complexities of separation alone. Our separation support bundle is here to accompany you, guiding you towards healing, understanding, and most importantly, the renewed sense of self. Visit stacybartley.com forward slash bundle today to access your free separation support bundle. At Love Shack Live, we're all about exploring the real stuff that relationships bring, the good and the challenging. So let's tackle this together, because even in the hardest times, there's hope, growth, and yes, even love to be found. Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, you know, I think you have to, like you just shared, Tim, having a partner, you know, that has created this, we say in our body of work, really, what you absolutely have to have for really any relationship to flourish is permission and safety. So you just described that. So especially for us men, if you're going to ask us to step up and we, when we are having these vulnerable thoughts, especially when they're not maybe top shelf and we're not feeling all that special and warrior-like and to be able to be able to share that you, you got to know that your head's not going to be taken off and question. Oh, that's not how you really feel really. Well, that's how I feel. You know I mean? So, you know, you have to have that. And I too am blessed like you, Tim, to, to have that. So you have that knowing that I can bring up anything and maybe it's no, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe yeah. I seem like I'm off, but I'm no, I'm good. Like you say, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the game tonight. You know, that's all good. You know what I mean? I've always have a lot going on. Stacy knows that, but if it's abnormally, you know, she'll ask me and I'll just say, no, I'm good. You know, or yeah. I'll, th- or I, I'll say, no, I, here's where I'm feeling off. Can you support me? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, women, something that you need to know is when we ask our men to, to be vulnerable with us, sometimes we don't think about, are you strong enough to handle what I'm about to say? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm taking everything personal, right, and everything you say is a personalization and you can't say boo without me going, oh, does that mean you don't love me? Do you don't, you don't think I'm sexy? You don't, oh, you, ah, the truth is out. 
There is no way that a man is going to be able to open up to you because there is no safety and permission present in the conversation. And if they're going to go there into an emotional nature and they're going to essentially reveal to you, they need to know that you're strong enough to handle it or they're not going to go there. And so there's this misnomer where it doesn't mean that you need to be more emotional as a woman. It means it, it means that you need to show your strength so that you say, I got you. It's okay for you to need support and it's okay for you to need help and you can lean on me now. And we don't think about that as a woman. You know, it's all about, right, kind of kind of the opposite conversation of you're supposed to be able to collapse and have a, a, an emotional hot mess. And, and then you're supposed to be able to, you know, not need support and, and regain the strength to go on and get back on your horse and be your warrior. And then tonight, you're going to rock my world, right? You're going to make me howl at the moon. And, and then it's going to all <laughs> replay tomorrow. And I, I just want to, I just want to bring that to the table, right? Uh, I have a, a tremendous amount of love and respect for men, um, for reasons we can talk about if we get there. But Tim, you say like, you look like there's something you want to say, and I want to give you the opportunity to say that. Oh, no, yeah, I, I just was going to, I was agreeing with everything that you said. And, and I think the one thing I would add to that is that 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 conversation of, of vulnerability itself doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, you, you have to sort of kind of fertilize the soil and, mm -hmm. and that you build that trust and that safety, um, you know, and that may be by, you know, making sure we, you know, take the opportunity to validate, you know, hey, you look great today. You look cute today. Or, hey, I really like how you did that. Or great job with the kids with here. Or in both directions. That's not, mm -hmm. you know, just male to female or female to male. So that that sort of builds up that foundation of, hey, you know, I know I know she's got my back. It's okay for me to be like, hey, I'm a little nervous about this or I'm struggling with that. And I mean, personally, one example that I've had in the last year, I mean, I, you know, I wrote this book and put it out there. And, you know, that was something that, I struggled with uh, from a from a you know confidence perspective. I had I thought I had a lot of things that were valuable to say, but you don't know that when you're the only one who's looking at it yet, you know. And, and showing her the first draft um, that was very scary for me, even with the great foundation and relationship that we have. Um, so I think the one thing I would add is that it's just important to, to fertilize the soil um, along the way, and specifically with making sure we validate and support the other 90% of the time so that when we need to have the conversation that is stressful or more real or that we need to kind of be gird our, gird our loins for because it's going to be tricky, we're, we're, we're in good shape for that conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I love that you bring that up because a lot of us think, especially women, because we're so good about talking about this. The joke I have is that, look, if we have a problem or a challenge or a stressor, if we can't figure it out, we've got 30 women who are going to sit around, you know, the table at lunch, and we're going to pound that stuff into powder dust. We're going to come up with an answer. It may not be the right answer, but we're going to come up with some kind of an understanding and explanation. <laughs> an answer will be manufactured in that conversation. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, without thinking, hey, really, your answer is going to be off base because you're not talking to the person that you're maybe having that challenge or that struggle with. And that this idea of safety is built over time and it's much easier to maintain it than it is to create it. And the metaphor I love is the, the analogy of blowing up a latex balloon. It takes a lot of blows, you know, to get it inflated and very little to maintain it right from time to time. You got to put a little air in there. But man, if, if you violate the safety, if you criticize, minimize, manipulate, coerce, degrade, break down, right? And in order to get your needs met or to validate yourself, you shh, that it's gone and you're back to square zero of trying to put that safety in place. And that really does create 
the space where we can share. If you want your man to lean in more, I would say you've got to create that foundation in order for them to open more and to be strong enough to hear what it is they have to say without taking it personal. And that's probably going to take some skills and some practice, right? That's probably going to take some new understanding and learning um, so that we can better support our men. We're saying be emotional, but then we're falling apart as we're saying it. You know, we're doing some things that are sacrificing the safety as we're begging and pleading for them to just tell me how you feel. And they're going, oh, yeah, no, I cannot do that right now. (laughs) Based on what I'm seeing as a demonstration, you can't handle what I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like. That can be quite an interesting dichotomy. What do you guys have to say about that? Have you guys, have you, um, Tom or Tim, been in a place in maybe even a past relationship where you felt like you couldn't say what you needed to say? And what was it that came up that caused you to go, yeah, no, I can't go there? I, I've i thought to myself I was in an, <laughs> I couldn't say certain things. But then once, for reasons that didn't have anything to do with you know, with, with my wife, you know, we, we, we've been together. She's really kind of been my, my only real relationship. Uh, so I don't have previous, uh, data, uh, on that to go on. But, um, I think when you're young and, and don't feel that great about yourself, maybe yet, and haven't sort of uh, gotten your sea legs about your adultness, um, it's easy to be scared of having that conversation. And so I've, I've had that before. Um, you know, you have, I mean, we've had arguments, you know, where that, on both sides, I don't think goes exactly as according to plan, but uh, but I think I've been I've been fortunate that once I did have that conversation, a conversation where I put myself out there and and was very vulnerable. I was very fortunate to have Erin, who's my wife, you know, handle it well, and I didn't have that. I put my hand on the stove, and well, that's the last time I do that kind of a thing. So I think I think I'm very lucky in that regard, um, mm-hmm. which isn't a very helpful maybe answer to your question, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's a blessing in my life. <laughs> No, I think that's incredible. And I so appreciate you being honest about that. And, and it sounds like you and your wife have done a really great job of, I love how you said getting your sea legs about you and your relationship to kind of grow and lean in together, right? Like we're in this together. And that co-creation continues to be the focus and the vision of your relationship, right? Yeah, and I don't mean to suggest that it's been, you know, all perfect. perfect. We've, no, no. we've had like, it's that that has been rocky along the way, but not in a real sense. I mean, I just I don't want to make it sound like, a, you know, we're just well and i would add that you know like you should what's important to remember just like in in, like using the triathlon i mean the way that a triathlon a triathlete gets successful as in any kind of athletic endeavor is through practice and for some reason in the relationship world this is something stacy and i talk about all the time is great love and great relationships are available for everyone and the ones that i've noticed and witnessed and blessed to, to, to be a part of or whatever is because of the practice and the commitment to the practice, right? Same as a great triathlete, same as any athlete. Yeah. So for some reason, there seems to be a disconnect. And we, we talk about this, if you're listening to our show over and over, this is a skill-based journey, just like every other thing. And in my view, it's the most important skill-based journey we're ever going to undertake. So then we need to behave like it's important by putting in the time for the practice. So having these difficult conversations and other things that Tim talks about in his book, it's skills then, you know, you've laid out beautifully in your book. Okay. But then it's up to us to take the time to practice it because we're not born lovers. That is a story that's make believe. And it's a good one. We've all bid bit bit on, but that's yeah. fairy tale, right? That's fairy tale. So I would say practice is, is crucial. It's, and the skill that you talk about, it's funny, but I just, just reflecting as you're talking, just kind of reflecting about, Oh boy, we're lucky. And we are lucky. My wife and I are very lucky, but I think the one skill that we 
learned and began implementing early that I think helped us along the way is when we did get into arguments, we learned early to frame things in terms of I feel rather than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, the uh, um, so rather than, you know, you're so selfish when you do this is, gosh, when you do that, it makes me feel, you know, like you don't care about me. And that may not be what you're thinking, but that's how I'm feeling it. And we, you know, and again, I think how we frame that, we, we learned that skill early and learning that early and practicing it along the way, I think, has been something that served us well in terms of how we've had those conversations, combined with the thing we were talking about earlier, like having that foundation, fertilizing the soil of, of, of supporting each other, you know, the other 90 percent of the time. So. Mm-hmm. No, and I would totally echo that. Um as the expert in the room, I would say, absolutely. What breaks our relationships down, we don't realize is, is any form of manipulation, which is criticism, belittling, minimizing, coercing. And we all do it. We're all little human mess making machines. And, and our society is based on the foundation of manipulation. So we have to tell that truth. Like most of us grab our chest as humans and go, no, I don't do that. I'm going to say, huh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. We just don't realize it because we don't understand that skill of manipulation, but we intuitively have been taught to do it. And if that's the case, then it's absolutely going to suck that safety out, right? It, and, and that is the safety that is so critically important. And and funny, it's such a cliche, you know, in the business world or in the, the I come from a, a beautiful family of construction and I've worked in as a painter, et cetera, in my previous life. And safety first, right? That's, but it's so true. Safety first in your relationship. That's the one thing that you need to protect and honor. And so I, think, go, oh, go sorry. I, I was just going to add one last little thing yeah, to, yeah. to say to what you were saying. I was nodding my head the whole time. Um, but, and when there's times where, you know, one of us has, um, you well, know, messed the bed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's important to just, to own that. I was wrong. Like I own that. And if you do it, you know, if that's something that you do in front of the kids, then own that in front of the kids so that they you're modeling. Look, I was wrong. This, that's not the way dad should be speaking to anyone, you know, and this is what I'm going to do differently. And I think I think that's part of safety. Part of safety is healing the wounds from the accident that just happened and committing to a better place going forward. And I, I think that that needs to be something that you need to be comfortable with to be able to do, because I remember having a conversation with someone who was having a hard time kind of getting there. And, and I didn't, this is not my formulation and I don't know who invented it, but someone said, you know, well, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be married? Uh, and, and you have to sort of sometimes just look at the bigger picture and be like, no, I was wrong. And I need to own that because I value this relationship um, more than my ego. I love that. And you're, you're talking about the ability to clean up a mess, which is another skill. You know, I, I see that I've made a mess. Or I see how I could improve. And I love that you said do it in front of the kids or when this is part of the mix, because then it teaches them how to improve and get better. And oftentimes we don't realize that we're doing so much teaching while they're watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really more about that than it is the things that are coming out of your mouth. Right. So, and that's a powerful demonstration. So speaking of kids, this is a, a place of great you know, passion for me. Share with us, Tim, you know, how men can more easily connect with their children than their partners, you know, emotionally connect. What, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your, your, your take and your perspective on that? I, I think, I honestly, I think the simplest answer is to just decide to make it a priority. Um, I think it's easy to just go through the routines of daily life and you just keep doing what you always did because that's what you always did and you keep doing it, which the, the whole sentence is circular in your whole life is I think it, it, deciding that you want to connect with your your daughters and your sons and your wife. But for me, I think the three things that should 
should inform that or to come up with I come up with things that are regular, purposeful and exclusive um, for each of those things. And um, in the book, I talk about, you know, I mean, I, this just so we're clear, the book is not Tim Guru dad. The book is Tim learning dad, trying to find ideas that I can do and, and that I can do to be a better dad. So it comes from a place of humility. I opened the book early on with many of my mistakes that I've made that I wish I didn't just so we're clear, but but I think those are the things that we we really should try to do is is uh, is come up with a list of and that's what the book is. It's like a menu. Like here are some ideas. You you know with you know uh, different sorts of dates with your daughter or things to do with your son or ways to connect with your wife. Um, but I think those three elements of regular, purposeful, and exclusive um, are a great recipe um, mm. to shoot for. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's incredible. And that was one of my favorite parts. And that was the first part piece that you step into is that conversation around connection, right? How do I connect? And and how are some simple things that I can do? And there's a, a wonderful ideas in there, listeners, they are wonderful ideas in Tim's book about how to to do that. So if by chance, you're a listener out there who's struggling with how to create connection with your sons, your daughters, and your partners, uh, I, I highly recommend that you just read Tim's book. It's incredible. And it's full of a lot of wonderful ideas in order to make that happen. It's a great place to begin. And I just want to remind, you know, all of us that we're human first, regardless of what gender, we are human first, and we do have the capacity to expand in whatever direction we need to, whether that be logical, right, and more calculating and strategic, and or emotional and logical. The only thing that's going to stop you is this thing between your ears. <laughs> well, and that just those three, I love that regular, purposeful, and Exclusive, you know, my experience either on the on the giving side or the receiving side, if, if we just know that there's been a little bit of intention put into that moment that we're choosing to spend with our loved ones, like you shared, Tim, man, the 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 the, the return on investment is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it, it, would you share that? Would you agree, Tim? I mean, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it doesn't, that doesn't have to be these huge grandiose gestures. Yeah. You can do something where you go away for a weekend with one of your kids. Great. But like, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Come with me. You know, let's get, let's just go get coffee, you know, or let's just listen to some dad jokes on Alexa uh, while you're getting breakfast, you know, little tiny things that are purposeful, that are little moments that you can kind of weave into your day pretty easily, you know? Well, and share with us, um, what is the distinction between connecting with your daughters and connecting with your sons? <laughs> I, I think uh, the way I break it down in the, in the book are, you know, different you know, things to read together, watch together, play together, things you can write to them and how you model. And I think, you know, I think just the opposite boys and girls are different. So, you know, you know, the sorts of things you know, I've been one of the things that I've one example, I found a book that I do with my daughters um, and it's, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's conversation starters that with your daughter and it's, you, you get coffee or lunch, you know, once a month or so. And it's little prompts and you can ask her questions and they go back and forth. And sometimes it's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but they love it. And my boys would not. And, you know, so with my boys, it's other things. That's a little bit more physical. You know, we've gone to a couple of concerts and you go hiking and, you know, and, and again, that, that to, it's, not so much a statement about boys versus girls or masculinity versus femininity, but you know, your child, you know, my child who's a boy wouldn't like that kind of a thing. Um, and many boys may be in that same boat. So, uh, so that's a little bit of the thought process there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And give us some ideas in regards to connecting with your partner. Um, I think the idea there too, let me just, uh, just move this around a little bit here. Um, I think, you know, again, the little things, it can be as simple as, 
you know, putting together a, a nice slideshow, you know, pictures for the kids or or just being writing something super thoughtful. That's not a Hallmark card, but like, you know, why? Why did you fall in love with me? And I've, I've got I sent emails out a couple of times a week and have little prompts, you know, that kind of before Valentine's Day it was like, here are some questions that you might answer, you know, in your words to kind of really make your wife feel special. Um um, things to fill their cup or again, easy, simple things like, you know, making her lunch for the day and put a little post-it note with a heart, you know, it, you know, a post-it note with a heart takes three seconds and all it's just, I'm thinking of you and I love you very small, very low effort, but meaningful in terms of the effect. And there's a lot of little ideas like that sort of woven in and out. Um, but the idea there is to just make it decide that it's something that it's important to, to do, that, that she's important enough to do something purposeful um, and regular for her to make her feel special because mm -hmm. she deserves it. Mm -hmm. and so make, kids. Yes. And I, and I want to make sure that we leave some time, the pressure to provide. I would love for both of you to speak to that just a little bit. I think um, sometimes we, we as women um, take that piece for granted, um, especially when we've been at, at stay at home moms. Right. And, there's a lot of conversation between couples about I work all day and the, and, and the guy comes home and is exhausted and I work all day. And, you know, there's a, a tremendous amount sometimes of headbutting there about who's working harder and who's doing what. So I want to, with the last, you know, few minutes that we have here in our conversation, let's, let's talk about the providing piece for a minute and, and have you share with um, our listeners, what is it you would want women to know about what it takes to provide and and what your experience there is you know for myself I mean, that that probably is the single largest source of stress in my life uh, that i feel and i don't think men are probably all that different from me who have kids and it's 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 societal it's generational i think back to you know i promised my father-in-law i would take care of his daughter and that his grandkids would want for nothing you know and then you look left and right and your neighbors are going on vacations and but you got college like it's it's three-dimensional stress just soaking its way into your liver every day and i think I had a conversation with Erin once, my wife, um, and she, about this. And I'm like, and I think I started to express it like this. And she's like, I had no idea it was that much of a of a weight for you. I'm like, yeah, it's the thing that wakes me up at three. Uh, at one point, I talk about the book. You're running, 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 trying to pay for college. Holy cow, the ER. And you wake up and you're like, okay, if I fall asleep right now, I'll get three more hours, you know, before six o'clock. And that, again, that's not unique to men either. But that's the source of, of the stress, I think, about, about men trying to fit 10 pounds of work in a five pound week and accomplishing six pounds of work and feeling crappy that you didn't get 10 when you did 20% more work than was feasible in that week. And then that becomes a stress and a source of failure. Like, you know, just constantly moving. So I guess that's how I would answer that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, babe? No, Tim and Art seem to be wired very, very close to the soul, if you will. Uh, yeah. And, um, and then on top of all that, then how about like, me how about me feeling good about just me you know i mean i've shared with you many times i feel like a lot of my life again i'm has been interrupted well could i just have a little quiet time for myself you know i you know we shared on our show here you know you're a large package mrs bartley i, I mean you know so not only and baby you, i'm worth it <laughs> <laughs> right you know yes oh yes oh yes but i mean so there's a lot that that i stepped into and look i i i fully but I understood, but I didn't understand. And so 
little did I know what was, you know, just as well. I didn't know when you and I said that we're going to step in and, and let's do this, you know, so, you know, we've got eight, eight children combined and 13 grants, so, you know, that, that that's 21 human beings. You just run the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Invariably someone's going to need something, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and so, so yeah, Tim, the pressure, uh, you know, and I just come from an incredible lineage of very responsible men that provide for the family. And this is a place of great, importance for me because I was blessed and grateful to have. And my father died when I was very young, but left us with life insurance. And then most of my influence comes from my wonderful mother. But nevertheless, you know, we, it just seems to be embedded in our DNA and my family lineage that this is, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't have said it any better than you, Tim. It, it, it is, it does wake, Stacy knows it wakes me up. She'll say, you didn't, you weren't sleeping last night. Tell me what's going on. And I said, you don't need to ask what's going on. You know, what, yeah. what, you know. And so ladies, if you're listening to this conversation, um, there's a mindset out there that if I earn money, it's my money and I'm going to leave the providing and all the bills and all the responsibility to my, my man. Okay. And if you wanted to give your man a gift, if you truly wanted to rock his world, you would step in and say, how can I contribute? How can I support you? And how can we maybe tag team this conversation around providing and money? Right? We are very willing, admittedly so, to bring dreams and hopes and things that we want to do and accomplish for our children and for our relationship and for our family at large. But sometimes as a woman, we don't think about what that takes to provide. And if a man hears, we want to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. It's been my experience that all of a sudden, and you guys confirm this for me, they start running the numbers. <laughs> okay, that's going to, that's how am I going to, and, and then there's the time component to it. It's not just so much the, the money time. It's how am I going to take the time to step away from work, right? And Tom, being an entrepreneur, you know, that's always a battle. He's, he's always saying to me, Stacey, you're expecting me to pay for it and then show up at the party refreshed and, and able to have a wonderful, fantastic time. And I'm sorry, I, I just have a difficult time going between those two worlds, right? And, and so if we really take that to heart, women, that is a huge gift we could bring to the table of saying, I want to participate in this with you. You know, we are coming into an age, thank goodness, where we can earn or sometimes out earn men in this conversation. And so we've got to get over the mindset and think about what it might be like to wear shoes on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Do you want to take care of all the responsibility and pay for all the bills and make sure all your hopes and dreams for yourselves and your families, your children gets taken care of while you go and have fun? and spend all your money that you're making on the other side of the equation, would that be a fair assessment? I would assert that we would go crazy. We would go, oh, that's so unfair. Oh, that's so not right. <laughs> and, and, and I get to see this firsthand as a divorce mediator. If the primary breadwinner is a woman, the idea of spousal support or helping somebody get back on their feet is like, how could you, you low life piece of fill in the blank. But if the roles are reversed and the man is the primary breadwinner, the females are going, okay, okay, we all know how this is going to go. You know, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, let's, let's calculate the numbers, right? <laughs> There's no judgment there. And so we need to think about that. I just want to bring it as a thought to the table about, okay, if we say we want to be equal, then let's show up and behave like that and find some balance together in co-creating this life. And that would be one of the greatest gifts, in my opinion, that you could give the man you say you love is, hey. Let's tackle this thing financially together so that they're not bearing the pressure 
of all of that on their own shoulders. How does that sound to you guys? Good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, I agree. That that makes that makes sense. <laughs> Then <laughs> if I'm earning, right, it would it not suffice it to make common sense that I would contribute into and not think that everything I'm earning is just money either to do what I want for myself and or to have fun. Yeah, I think I, I think <laughs> I guess I think every relationship probably is different in that regard. And again, for us, we, you know, so it's, you know, that that isn't, um, you know, my wife works as well. And it's sort of it all goes into a community bucket and we share that as well. Um, and that's our experience. And I know that's not everyone's experience. And so I think um, I don't have the particular challenge that you articulated earlier, or at least I don't know that I do. Um, but um, but I think that's one, if I were in that position, I think how you characterize that would certainly be be something that would be um, uh, a meaningful amount of support. But I think just, I think in my position, just recognizing that, God, this is hard and this is taxing. And, and um and it really is um, a source of stress in my primary motivator. And I think it's the thing that allows me to not take care of myself. You know, the, it's the goose and the golden egg. I keep mm -hmm. trying to get the golden eggs and my, well, my, my goose gained 30 pounds since uh, two years ago. And uh, you know, I think we got to make sure that the goose is going to be around to walk his daughter down the aisle. Like, you know, so you can't afford not to take care of yourself because you're going after the golden eggs. So um, mm. So well said. Um, any final takeaways as we land this? No, I think that that's a perfect, you know, conclu conclusion as we land this is, is is balanced, just like you said, you know, it, you know, and it's a constant thing. And and to have some of these other attributes brought in, as, thanks, babe, for your from the woman, you know, to to be able to leverage with your partner, not against, leverage with your spouse is unbelievable because I get to do that all the time. And so, Tim, I, I know you've graciously and very generously you've set up a, a special resource for our listeners. Could you share that with us, please? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's uh, so it's my website. It's uh, www.dadathlon.com. So it's tri triathlon except dad instead of try. So D-A-D-A-T-H-L-O-N.com slash Love Shack. And there, um, you people, people a lot of, I think men want to know, where do I start? You know, which, which connecting, you know, whatever that I start with one thing, you can take a dad quiz that I put together. That'll give you guidance on where to start. But when you do that, there's three free giveaways. Uh, I'm giving away chapters one, two, and three of the book for free, um, to anyone who signs up as well as a free movie finder. Cause we are always at Thursday or Friday night, scrolling through common sense media and 50,000 other places looking for the perfect movie. And you spend a half an hour doing that. And then no one wants to watch a movie anymore. There's over 200 movies on there. And then finally it's a subscription to our newsletter. It's like two or three times a week, short, punchy, helpful. And for your listeners, if they're interested in buying the full book, there's an offer. There's no pressure, but there's an offer to get it at a discount. It's $15 on Amazon. But um, for the next week or so, if you order it through here, I'll give you $5 off an autograph copy that I'll send you. Um, and Father's Day is coming up. So, you know, and I highly recommend that you do that and step into that. Tim, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure. Uh, very memorable conversations. And here's another one to add to the list. Um, do you have a joke you want to share with us before we part? About being a dad or a father, or, I, you know. I guess a dad joke would probably be the best way to go, and uh, we we do those in the mornings. And so I like to say um, I like to say mucho to my Spanish speaking friends. It really means a lot to them. <laughs> You're great. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We're gonna take a really quick, fast break, um, and we'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Stacey Bartley, the author of my new book, Feeling Like Marriage is Dead, A Divorce Mediator's Guide to Ensuring a Lifetime of Love. In this book, I integrate a no-nonsense grip on reality with a compassionate understanding of human behavior to provide you with a systemic approach to marital bliss that is easy to understand and implement in your life. Read this book to find out how to make marital magic happen. And you can do that by going to lifetimeoflove.me. Again, that's lifetimeoflove.me. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Well, it's time for a little bit of fun, right, babe? And I've got a really good one this round. I'm going to tell you what. It's called a secret kiss. A secret kiss. Yeah. So when you say goodbye to your special someone in the morning coming up here soon, say to them, I have a secret that I want to share with you later tonight. Okay. Next, you're going to call or text them in the middle of the afternoon and you're going to say, hey, just want to remind you to make sure you ask me about that that you know that secret that I have to share with you. I really have something important that gotcha. I want to share. Like with that, you. I like the feel of that. All right, and then and then you're going to come home and over dinner you're going to say, "Hey, babe, by the way, you remember you you've made a big deal about the secret yeah, that what's you that have. What's that secret? What's that secret you have? And this is the moment where it gets really juicy. I'm going to bend over and I'm going to give you a kiss and I'm going to whisper in your ear, "You are the secret. I want you to know that I love you and you're amazing to me. And here's why." And I'm going to give them a little bit of fairy dust. If you're in our world, you're going to know what that is. If you're not, it's going to be acknowledgement of, I appreciate you for, you know, all you do for being here for me to listening to me do this. And and I love you and give them a kiss on the cheek that then can quickly move to, you know, the lips long, slow, passionate. I call it the secret kiss. What do you think? Love it. Yeah. So your secret, you have a secret for me? No, come on. It's the other way around. I'm going to be holding you to that. I'll let you know how this goes next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sure. Hey, we have a song for every single episode. And this song, I always say this. I always say, oh, it's the best song ever. But it really is the best song ever. Callum Scott and Leona Lewis, they sing a beautiful duet called You Are the Reason. And in all the conversations that we've had, whether we're men or we're women in this conversation, and we're trying to decide how to better dance and co-create together, It really is you are the reason. You are the reason that I'm up at night trying to figure out how to give you what it is you ask for. You are the reason that I'm up at night trying to help you understand how important it is to express to me how you feel. You are the reason that I I want this to work, right? And as we make messes and as we make things that we would say are broken, it's finding our way back to those that, that drives us, right, as human beings. And There are ways that we can turn it around and there are ways that we can come back to having the experience of feeling safe and connected in our relationships. There are ways to make that happen. And if by chance you're struggling in any of those areas, that's what we do. That's what Tom and I dedicate our lives to. And and quite frankly, we do it because it keeps us on our A-game in our own relationship. So there's a really wonderful side benefit there. (laughs) Reach out to us. We would love to help and support you in any way that we can. And the song sings it beautifully and eloquently. And I love that it's a duet, babe. I think. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we say this all the time, what we find, and it just continues to be confirmed every day that we're blessed and grateful. And there's a, if you're watching, you know, we've got the visual up there um, is don't wait, you know, I mean, hoping and praying that something is going to go away, especially in our relationships. We know that it doesn't happen usually it escalates. So, you know, if there's anything you took away from is don't wait, you know, and if you're a man listening, 
I would say we have equal amount of men that come to us. Um, men seem to really resonate with our frameworks and our skill sets because they're very practical. Mm-hmm. The song says, you're the reason I'm losing sleep and my mind is racing. Please come back now. I'd climb every mountain just to be with you and fix what is broken because I need you to see that you are the reason. And we watched the Stacy shared with me, Stacy, sometimes we pick the song, Stacy picked the song and we watched the video, you know, and it's an incredible video. I mean, and a beautiful song. So I'm just going to remind you that we have a playlist on um, Spotify and you can gain access to that on our website. There's a, um, a song for every single episode that we've done from way back in the beginning, because music is something that helps us feel what it is we're talking about. So, okay, I guess that's a wrap fastest 56 minutes on the planet <laughs> special thank you to tim dunn tim it was awesome to have you i'm sure we'll have you back author of dad on purpose check out that incredible resource that tim you know set up for us you know i mean it's very generous that will be in our show notes just so you know i'm the i'm the radar everything about this episode and every episode is on our website on our podcast part of our website uh, our daughter every episode or our most recent ones is transcribed. If you don't want to listen to us or watch us, you can read it. So everything, you know, is there again. So you can take fully advantage of this episode and all our prior episodes. And if by chance you have someone in your life that could use some help regarding our conversation today, don't hesitate to reach out. Don't wait. That's the mistake that we all make. Come on back next week and join us along with our engineer, Eric Ryder, for another edition of Love Shack Live where we are sharing things to help you improve your love, sex, and relationships today. See you soon. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today in the Love Shack. We hope you came away with something that made your toes tingle. To learn more about everything you heard on today's show, go to stacybartley.com slash podcast. Love the show? Help us spread the love by sharing the show with others. Okay, everybody, time to go. We got to close the doors to the Love Shack for this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Come back next week, though, and join us for another edition of Love Shack Live with Tom and Stacey Bartley.